to Lead by Women Will, a Google podcast created to inspire and empower women as we rise in our careers. I'm your host, Loranda Martin-Evans. Today, my guest is Samantha Kingston. Samantha is the award-winning client director at Virtual Umbrella, a marketing consultancy specializing in virtual reality. Samantha fell into VR by accident, but now is an advocate for women in tech. She has been featured in Forbes, the BBC, The Guardian, and named one of the top hashtag Progress 1000 in 2017. Welcome, Samantha. Thank you for having me, Loranda. So, Samantha, tell us, you, we said in the intro that you fell into VR by accident. What, what's the deal there? I did. I did. So when, when I graduated from university back in 2012, I worked a variety of jobs. So I managed uh, a shop. I did social media for local businesses. But I then sort of ended up managing a local theatre. And I loved it. I loved running events and getting to know the community. But a couple of years after that, I got a recruitment call. And um, they were telling me that I should be going for this job. And it was at a local games company. And it'd be perfect for me. But I kind of told them straight back and went, no, you phoned the wrong person. This isn't for me. I know nothing about games. I'm, I'm running a theatre. This is me. But luckily, they encouraged me to go for the interview. And it was there, in that interview, that I was introduced to virtual reality. I fell in love with the technology and ended up getting the job. Nine months, though, after I got the job, I left and I started my own business. All I wanted to do was be a part of that industry and grow alongside it. So starting my first ever business seemed to be the right next step. But if I had never gone to that interview, I would have never started a business. It's so interesting because, you know, I have two young children. I always say to them, oh, you got you to gotta learn STEM. I mean, they're little, little. They're, they're six and two. And even at this age, I think, you got to learn STEM and you really got to be into coding. One of them is actually quite dramatic and I could see him being involved in the theater. So I love hearing that your path through the arts actually brought you into tech. And I'm curious, how did they identify you as someone who would be really great for that role? I think with, especially with new technology and sort of immersive tech, being able to showcase that in a positive way, especially events and, you know, running events at the theatre was sort of easy peasy to me. So I think when I went to the interview, I was so enthused and so I kind of found this like all of a sudden this passion for this tech that I was really excited to be able to share it. And I think that's just from that moment on, was where they kind of went, yes, she'd be perfect to demonstrate this technology. She'd be great at talking to people and she'd be able to, you know, relay that that particular games company's voice and just get everyone really excited about the tech because, as you can probably hear, I'm just as excited about it as everybody else in the community. Yeah, that's so, I love hearing that story. such a fascinating way in and such a great combination of arts and technology and using a different skill set to bring that to life. I think that's really, really cool. I would love to hear from you. So coming in the side you did, like how have you found the landscape for women in tech or, or women in tech in the UK specifically? So when I when I entered the tech space, it was really interesting for me because I had no idea that um, your gender was an issue. It might sound quite bizarre, but um, obviously from the theatre background, I was quite hidden from it. Right. And I had heard things in the news and I'd seen things, but I wasn't, I'd never had any first-hand experience. It was only when I started running the business that I realized that actually being a woman, or especially a woman owner, business owner, can actually, there's a lot of mountains to climb. 
But I do find that the tech space, especially in the in, in the UK, has got a lot better. It might be down to me personally, my you know my personality, my character. That I'm quite open. You know, I'll go into a tech event and there might be 15 in the room and just one woman. That's just me. And I'll go in there and expect that I can talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has been occasions where I've been shut down or, you know, I've heard comments. Really? Uh, but I think, it, yeah, and it's, and that's, that's the stuff that kind of goes, oh, I don't know if I'm, I belong here. Um, but I think in those situations, it's taking it one step further and going, well, no, I do belong here. I do know what I'm talking about. And yes, I am young. I am a woman and I'm very, very short. <laughs> um, can't you know, tell on a podcast I so do, yeah I, yeah I do I do belong in that space but what I found is that you know to help this kind of landscape grow um I kind of believe that everybody should be represented women and men everybody so I find that if I do a talk or a panel and I know someone that's maybe just creeping into an industry or is, is quite new, maybe a new face and hasn't had that opportunity to be on stage yet. I tend to offer them my space. So I get invited quite a lot to do talks. And, you know, sometimes it can get quite repetitive. So I think, well, you know, maybe I don't want to talk at this event. Maybe I'll offer it out to somebody else who um, hasn't had that opportunity yet. And that's so important. And there seems to be this rolling theme at the moment, especially for like all male panels, especially at tech events in the UK. A lot of men are actually going, actually, why don't you take it? And I think that's such a positive movement. It's not always positive, but, you know, we're getting there, which is great. And I I love that paying it forward and finding opportunities and championing for other women. Yeah, to sit on the panels. Do you find that if there is a bias in tech, is it is it behind closed doors? Like you mentioned that actually you've sometimes heard comments, which hurts my soul. Um, But like, are are a lot of back deals being made? Is it still a bit of an old boys club? It can be. So it really depends on sort of who you talk to and what you you see a lot of it at events. But um, this pay gap report that came out in the UK a couple of months ago, it was a huge deal um, across all sectors, actually. And the idea was that um, any UK company that had more than 250 employees had to report details of their gap between hourly rates or between men and women. Right. Um, so the, And according to The Independent in April this year, the UK had 78% of large UK companies and public sector bodies pay men more than women. Um, and that is huge. That's yeah. a huge number. Yeah. And obviously that's obviously across boards, but it means that sort of every company that was in that report has kind of had a bit of a kick and kind of gone, oh, we need to address this very quickly and fix the problem. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of diversity schemes and things about, you know, um, helping uh, women grow within businesses and, you know, getting the right roles that they want, you know, being able to have a team around you that's happy to support you is, is great. But I think this this moment, especially in our industry here, is so important because we've highlighted it and now we need to figure out the next steps. So um, luckily for me, I'm, you know, a lovely team around me and you know we're quite we're quite diversified actually which is fantastic but I don't have 250 employees so I can't give my numbers to yeah, that which I'm sure would be very positive um well yeah, what, you can't you can't give your report but you can write a book and I hear you are in fact yes. <laughs> writing a book based on your business experience so I would love I mean can you give us any any juicy tidbits from the book a little little preview 
I can. Yes, yes. Um, we'd love that. I'm just about. Yeah, I'm just about to finish the manuscript, which is really That's exciting. That's so exciting. So the book's called Wired Into My Startup. So it's basically a fun, real account of what it's really like to run a business. And one of the scariest, kind of juiciest stories that I have from that book is actually to do with money. And not a lot of people in the UK like to talk about money. We're quite um, sort of very English and old school in that respect. Right. But I think it's important that it makes the world go round. So my company doesn't have any investment. So we we rely solely on cash flow and every project that we come in, you know, pay the bills, it pays our stuff. In the very first six months of running our business, uh, we were very, very skint. We had not a lot of money, as you can imagine, starting starting a business. And we were really busy at the time because we were getting the business off the ground. So, um, you know, I was cracking on and working and kind of ignoring a lot of things. When I had a phone call from my landlord, so the person that I pay money to for my flat at the time, and he appeared really concerned. He was really worried. He was really upset. And he was just like, I just need to phone you just to see if you're okay. And I was like, oh, how lovely. I've never had a landlord that's checked in on me and right. said I was okay. Yeah, yeah. What I actually what I actually found was I hadn't paid rent for two months. I hadn't realized. Oh. Um, so it was a big whoop on my part. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And luckily, we sort of turned it around and paid him on that day. And we're like, we're really, really sorry. But in that situation, you know, I, I had been so busy, you know, looking after the business, making it grow that I'd forgotten about what like one of the most important things in day to day life. So, you know, I lived off baked beans and noodles for a couple of months to make up for it. <laughs> oh, my good. And he probably hadn't seen you in forever because I suspect you were fully no, immersed in the business. It's, it's, Completely just off the radar. But, you probably yeah, thought something things. horrible had happened to you. You're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm alive. I think that's what he thought. <laughs> you know, I thought they were going to come banging on the door going, are you all right? Are you still there? But it's one of those moments that's happened quite, you know, I've all sorts of things, you know, I've, I've forgotten things or, yeah, the basic, basic rules of life of paying your rent. And I completely didn't even think about it. <laughs> How have you found the experience of, of writing a book? Is it cathartic? Is it daunting? Or have you really enjoyed it? I've actually really enjoyed it. It kind of started as a kind of just a passion project for me. Um, like a, a little side project that I would do at the weekend because I, I've got all this knowledge and I've got all these memories and, you know, three years is some, is quite a long time, but it's also, um, you know, so much has happened in that time. Mm-hmm. So it was more kind of like sort of writing things down so I could look back. And then it kind of just ended up turning into a lot more pages and a lot more pages. And I went, you know what, this this is turning into something that I can actually share with other business owners and hopefully they would enjoy the kind of, the fun side and you know the risks that you go through you know the way I feel about being an entrepreneur and you know especially being a a younger entrepreneur as well because you know you if you look out the landscape there's a lot of typical kind of entrepreneurs out there you know if you look at Gary Vee who's big online branding that kind of thing but the way that he talks, you know, he pushes people harder and harder and harder. And, you know, he'll he'll do it better than you, but he'll keep encouraging you to do better as an entrepreneur. But then there's quiet entrepreneurs who just sort of crack on and do their own thing. So I kind of feel that you can do it your own way mm-hmm. um, as long as you're sort of hitting the rules. <laughs> as long as you're paying your rent. As long as you remember <laughs> that you to like let your landlord know you're not dead, then it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you, what, what was your experience? Like what? What was starting a company, what would you compare it to for you? 
I would compare uh, running a company and, or starting a company uh, to a small child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell us more. Um, so, sounds a bit interesting, but so I have four younger siblings. So, I have a brother and I have three sisters, and I'm the eldest. So, I'm 27. So, I've kind of grown up with a lot of chaos, you know, children running around all over the place. Um, I used to babysit a lot as well. And as I was writing the book, I was actually thinking about that sort of chaoticness and that sort of, you know, sometimes calm, sometimes, you know, sometimes really loud. So I started to think about like the the responsibilities within a business is actually like babysitting a toddler, so sort of a two to a two to three year old. Yeah. So if it's lucky, it's all calm, it's quiet and there's smiles until the tantrums come yes. and you wanna hide in the cupboard. So the parents come home. That's yeah. <laughs> how I feel about it. Um, but there'll always be those kind of kind of moments in business, you know, ups and downs. Eventually, this idea, this product, you know, your team actually eventually grow, and it will be worth it in the end. So I always think that's quite a fun little anecdote about you know thinking about yeah the the, the chaos of it, and also the benefit in the long run. Except I guess when you're running the company, the parents never do come home because you're the parent. There's yeah, no, there's no one coming to save you from the, the screaming tantrum. No one's saving me today. <laughs> no, it's all you. So then I guess my final question would be, what, what advice do you have to give anyone who perhaps wants to start an entrepreneur? I mean, you said it yourself, you were quite young when you did it and you've had great success. I would love any advice you have for our listeners. So I really think that Becoming an entrepreneur or a business owner is is such an interesting journey. You're continuously learning new skills that you might not necessarily learn at school. You learn much more about yourself as a person, which I think is so important. So I think the kind of advice that I would give to anyone sort of venturing into this or thinking of starting it is to make sure that you surround yourself with incredibly supportive business people. So people that might have been running a business for 20 years, somebody that's maybe one or two years in, or people that have like, you know, three, four, five businesses under their belt. I think that, you know, there's so many questions and struggles and those moments where you're not quite sure, you're not really sure to talk to, and having this kind of support unit around you that actually understand what you're going through makes such a massive difference. You know, you can talk to your friends and family down the pub on a Friday but they might not be able to offer you or, you know, relate to what you're actually asking them mm. or they might be able to give you some advice, but it might not be exactly what you need right now, obviously within the best intentions. And of course you might have friends that just have a nine to five and they work for somebody else and they don't quite understand what it's really like to run a company. You know, they might not understand the money troubles and to be honest, maybe they just don't really want to know. And that's absolutely fine. So if you can find maybe those people that you know you can call at any point and they are happy to offer that advice these are the kind of people to keep and they will help you grow and obviously you can then obviously give them support where they need it too and I think that's I think that's lovely and I think that's what everybody needs really especially starting your own venture and how did you find these people were they were they people you met at conferences or were they you know leads from other colleagues or how did you build your network so um, a couple of the people that I sort of go to now, one is actually my ex-CEO from the games company. Mm-hmm. So he's been running his business for about 10 to 15 years now. But because obviously he invested his passion of tech into me and has seen me grow, I go to him quite a lot for sort of general business advice. 
And then I have a couple of ladies who I've met in the industry who actually started businesses after me. So we keep quite close, Nick, um, on those days when we might struggle or, you know, we're having a bad sort of mental health day. We'll message each other and we'll keep each other going. It's like having a sort of a nice sort of uh, cheerleading Mm -hmm, kind of a, you can call at any point. And then I have a couple of people from university, a couple of lecturers that um, really inspired me, who aren't necessarily business owners, but they have an idea of an industry and they can give me some insight here, there and everywhere. And then other people that have started to come into my life more recently, it's just people that I've met when I've done talks. So I might have had a, I might have done a talk at a tech event and someone's come up to me and again, you know, I don't. I run a business that's nothing to do with you, but I really would like to give you some just general business advice. So I think that's that's great. So they kind of appear from here, there and everywhere. But the moment you find them, sort of grab them and hold on. <laughs> grab them and hold on. I think that's such <laughs> great advice. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today from theater to VR and now writing your own book and launching your company. I mean, this is just an, an absolutely incredible story. And I am so grateful that you were able to share it with us today. No, thank you for having me, Lorenzo. It's been great. I've loved it. For our listeners, thank you for joining us. And remember, knowledge is power. So share these podcasts with your friends and colleagues and find past episodes of Women Will on the Google Events page, the Google Music Store, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep the conversation going on Twitter. Hashtag Lead by Women Will. I'm at Loranda. And now, for all of us, time to go smash some ceilings. (laughs) 